Certainly take their football seriously, don't they? No problem. The NFL's got you covered. Let the games begin. Hello, and welcome to the Touchdown Talks podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast is hosted by myself, Spencer Taylor. The purpose of this podcast is to talk NFL football as well as other football all year round, including during the offseason. Without further ado, welcome to today's episode. All right, welcome on into Touchdown Talks. This is going to be a quick reaction podcast. Just want to react to all four games that we just had. The divisional round for the 2023 NFL playoffs has, of course, just wrapped up. And so just wanted to give you some of my thoughts on each game. Starting with Saturday, our first game of the weekend was the Texans going to visit the Ravens. Pretty predictable outcome. Uh, Unfortunately, Unfortunately for Houston, the Ravens pretty much controlled the game pretty easily throughout the whole thing. Game was really never in doubt all that much for the Ravens. They did keep it close. It was back and forth in the first half. I will give the Texans that. But as soon as the second half began, the Ravens controlled the game from there and pretty well dominated. And the ending of this game... Seemed a lot like the game in the wild card round between the Buccaneers and the Eagles, where at the end it was so lopsided and stuff that the the losing team kind of was playing to just end the game even. And that was kind of the feeling for a good part of the fourth quarter. You really got the feeling that the Texans really didn't have much help. Hope It was pretty obvious who was going to win. But to... The Texans' credit, they played well. C.J. Stroud did fine. And again, this is still a monumental season for them for the fact they've got a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. Seem to have hit on both of them. And with where they were last year and some of the more recent years leading up to this, I don't think anybody expected the Texans to be in the playoffs this year, let alone be as competitive as they were this year. So they have an unfortunate end to their season, but they do also fall to quite unanimously, I would say, the best remaining team left in the league, that being the Baltimore Ravens. They'll go on to host the AFC Championship game this upcoming weekend. And then Saturday evening, we had the Packers and 49ers That game was pretty interesting, really exciting, pretty close game all the way through. But in the end, fourth quarter, 49ers took control and won the game at home in front of a a pretty good San Francisco crowd. And Jordan Love played okay for most of the game, but certainly not as good as he's played the last two or three weeks. And part of that, the part that most will be remembering about this game is the fact that the final drive and the final play of the game really, or what ended the game was Jordan Love on a drive that would be a drive to attempt to go tie the game with a field goal or score a touchdown. He throws a pretty bad pass that goes, makes a, makes a bad decision in a moment where he probably should have just thrown the ball away. It ends up getting picked. That ends the game. San Francisco wins. I think San Francisco, this was one where it was really close. It would have been really interesting 
had the Packers won. I would have liked had the Packers won, being that now we know that the Lions did win. They took care of business today. Had the Packers won, it would have been really interesting because we would have had the Detroit Lions hosting the NFC Championship game, which would have been crazy. They've had such a such a fun last couple weeks in Detroit, and those fans definitely deserve it, and they've had such great energy in their in their stadium there at Ford Field. And so it would have been really cool and historic to see them go from what the Detroit Lions have been this century, really, to to now. And if if they were to be able to not only be doing what they're doing in the playoffs, but get to host the NFC Championship, that would have been really cool. And they would have been hosting it against a division rival in the Packers. So that would have been really cool if we had gotten that outcome. But nonetheless, the Packers weren't able to get the upset win in San Francisco. And a little bit of credit to the Packers. Obviously, they're not going to care. Teams are just playing to win or lose. They don't care about the spread or anything like that. But to be fair, the Packers did cover the spread. The spread before the game had been favoring the 49ers by like 10 points. And the Packers kept it within a within a touchdown basically the whole game and actually led for a good uh, couple portions, especially in the first half. There were times where it looked like the Packers were going to make it a really tough game, and certainly they did. It was very close up until the end. Um, now moving into Sunday, we had starting the day, as I had already mentioned, the Lions. The Lions hosted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Lions really just, as I said, had great energy there. Their fans definitely deserve this, and their fans are not taking this moment for granted, that's for sure. They were talking about on the broadcast that the tickets for the game were record-high numbers for Ford Field, which makes sense, and even still, they had a packed house, super loud game. I think of all the games that that we had this weekend, that stadium had the most noise, at least through the, the telecast. That stadium seemed to be by far the loudest. Of course, they were also playing in a dome. It was the one out of the, it was the one game out of the four this weekend that was in a dome. So maybe that helps a little bit. But even still, obviously, I don't think it's any secret that the Lions, having had such lacking success in recent decades, of course, their fans are going to be more grateful than some other franchises and be more excited. So they they really packed the house. They really enjoyed this game and the Lions took care of business. And this was another one where at least for the first half, it was neck and neck and really the first three quarters, it was neck and neck. First quarter, they both, both teams score a field goal. Second quarter, both teams score a touchdown on pass attempts. And then in the third quarter, both teams score touchdowns. And then the fourth quarter, it was the Lions scoring two touchdowns, Tampa Bay scoring one touchdown, which ended up being the final score to happen of the game, and then just not being able to get anything more out of it to go on and win. And so Tampa Bay loses. The Lions win 31-23. to I thought uh, Jared Goff played pretty good. Uh, I mean, honestly, the Lions just all around. They've got so many good players. Their, their run game is really good. They've got Jameer Gibbs, who played really well. 
They've got David Montgomery, who didn't even have that great of a day today, but he still had an impact in the game, both in running and in uh, pass protection. And then as far as weapons they have, the thing is, is Jared Goff played great, but they really do have a good set of weapons for him to work with. Amon Ra St. Brown had eight receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown today. Sam Laporta, their star rookie tight end, had nine receptions for 65 yards. Jameer Gibbs, the running back, also had some good receptions. And then they goffed through to multiple targets, ended up having 287 air yards. So the Lions just have a very potent attack. They've got so many ways that they can go at you. And Tampa Bay played great, but... You know, they, they suffered from some moments, like some some mistakes from Baker Mayfield, who, to his own respect, he played okay. Uh, definitely not his best game this season, but he still ended with a pretty good quarterback rating, 94.5. And, you know, he threw for a lot of yards, 349 yards. He threw for more yards than, than Jared Goff. And that's the thing, too, is uh, Goff and the Lions had a better running game going on. Whereas the the Buccaneers had a running game and Rashad White did play decently well at running back for them, but the the Buccaneers just were able to establish the run and being that they kept for most of the game, even though they were keeping pace with the Lions, every time it was the Lions getting ahead and then the Buccaneers tying the game up. The Buccaneers never at any point had the lead in this game, and so it was kind of hard for them to really commit to the run enough, especially being that they just don't have that well-established of a run game this year. And then they also had some issues just with the passing game. You know, I mean, they, they've got great weapons. Mike Evans, of course. Kate Auden has been uh, really good for them this last few weeks at tight end for them. Both Auten and Evans caught touchdowns as well as Rashad White. But Mike Evans, for example, obviously he's their star wide receivers, probably one of the most, if not the most, uh, recognizable stars on the Buccaneers at this point. But he had a couple key drops that weren't good, that were in key moments that could have gone for good yardage and first downs. So unfortunately, just things like that, they weren't able to overcome the Lions, but to be fair, I think for the most part, most of us would agree we were just impressed with the Buccaneers for even making it this far as they did. And the Lions, again, the Lions deserve it. Yes, these are both teams that in the last couple decades have both seen 0-16 seasons. Both of these teams have seen the bottom of the barrel. They Both these franchises, their fan bases know what it is to be at the bottom of the the league, but especially the Lions, you know, the the Buccaneers, they had Tom Brady. They had the, you know, short little window of success there the last couple of years with him. And even this year, which was thought to be a year that wasn't going to go well for them at all, they way outperformed expectations. Baker Mayfield had really a career year and really just as a whole, the Buccaneers outperformed expectations. So at least for me, if I was a Buccaneers fan, obviously you're sad it's over now, just like any team or any fan base would be. But I think you should be at least pretty happy with the fact that 
your team definitely outperformed expectations this year and even in the playoffs. And then rounding us off here, we just finished the final game of the divisional round with the Kansas City Chiefs going to face the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. And this was the first road game for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in their time together since Patrick came into the league. They have always had home games up until the Super Bowl. So this was their first road game on the playoffs. That was one of the biggest narratives of it was that it was finally Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on the road in the playoffs. How would he do? And not only that, but they were going on the road to Buffalo. And obviously the history between these two uh, and the rivalry between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen very much speaks to itself. It's very much a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type rivalry that we have going on right now. Just a new era version of that rivalry. And, you know, for unfortunately for the Bills and Josh Allen, this is now the third time in four years that they have had a disappointing loss in the playoffs that went to the Chiefs. All the last four seasons, the Bills have made it to the playoffs and had disappointing endings. The one other year that it wasn't the Chiefs that eliminated the Bills, it was the Bengals that did it. So, and that's another one of those Bengals, Joe Burrow. These three quarterbacks, they're really kind of the outside of Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar, obviously, again, they, they won. They, they're going to be hosting the AFC Championship game this upcoming weekend. But as far as like a playoff rivalry, and even in-season rivalry, really it's mostly been Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Those three have really had quite a triangle of rivalry going on uh, with all three teams quite often playing each other, of course, because they're in the same conference and they're all generally around the same position in their respective divisions, so they're always getting scheduled against each other in upcoming years. So, but yeah, again, this was the unfortunate thing for Bill's mafia is this was supposed to be the year you finally had Patrick Mahomes in your building, in your stadium. And the bills still found a way to give up the win. And the thing is, is for most of the game, the bills had the lead pretty much the whole game. It was either a tied game or the, the bills had the lead. And just unfortunately in the, in the last bits of the fourth quarter, which is, of course, what matters, the Chiefs pulled ahead, and then due to some mistakes throughout the game and late in the game, the Bills weren't able to overcome it. And then, of course, uh, a missed field goal uh, towards the end of the game by the Bills just weren't able to overcome it. Really heartbreaking loss for the Bills. And, of course, but yeah, a lot of the blame is going to go on Tyler Bass, the kicker for the Bills. He missed the 44-yard field goal and shanked it wide right. The thing that I thought was kind of funny was we sort of, I don't know that I would really call it an announcer's, an announcer's jinx, but it sure kind of felt like it because you had on the broadcast, you had Jim Nance talking about how they had spoken to Sean McDermott during the week about Tyler Bass because he had, in the regular season, if I believe right, he had had some issues with kicking at times, and in the playoffs, he hadn't. They hadn't had to use him yet, up until this week, and so 
Jim Nance was talking about how that they had talked to Sean McDermott about that and asked whether or not, you know, they were going to have confidence in him, whatever. And Jim Nance is going over the fact that Sean McDermott had said, oh, yeah, we trust him. We know this guy's going to, you know, if, if we need him to make a game, a game winning field goal or something like that in a key moment, we know he'll go in there and he'll make that for us. And right as Jim Nance is saying that, Tyler Bass kicks the ball and sends it up and it soars wide right. And it, <laughs> yeah, it just, it felt a little bit like a uh, announcer's jinx to me, but yeah, so very brutal for, for the Bills. I am, yeah, and again, as a Bears fan, I know your pain. I know that pain of uh, having a bit of an announcer's jinx and a kicker missing a kick, or, you know, in my case, the double doink, the iconic double doink. Uh, so I, I definitely know how that feels. And, I mean, admittedly, I would maybe argue that the double doink was worse than this, but um, <laughs> I think that would be fair to argue. But either way, really for both these two teams, it, it was a great matchup, yet another great game to add into the history books of the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes rivalry. Unfortunately, at least in the playoffs, it seems to be a bit more lopsided towards the favor of the Chiefs. And in the regular season, it actually tends to be a little bit more on the side of the Bills. It's it seems like the regular season, the Bills and Josh Allen have a little bit more fortune against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but that's the problem. The the playoffs are where it matters most. So, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, that's what you'd prefer. So the Chiefs get out on top again, and the Bills are off to Cancun. But we are now, with all that, with those games, we are left with four teams left in the NFL. So this upcoming week on Sunday, and I, I may have another podcast episode later this week, where I'll go a little bit more in depth into these matchups, but starting us on Sunday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time or 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have the Chiefs going to Baltimore, visiting the Ravens, and this one will be an interesting one as of right now. ESPN Bets has the Ravens favored by three points, and so yeah, I, I think that one will be a very exciting one. I do believe this one... I don't know. I mean, both of these matchups, obviously, I hope are really close and really exciting. But certainly, I can see why the sportsbooks have the two matchups this way. I could see the Ravens-Chiefs game being a somewhat defensive game. But of course, with powerhouse quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, I could see the score actually getting up there pretty high. But these two defenses are obviously top tier in the NFL. So I do think the AFC championship is going to be a lot about defense and which which quarterback can overcome the opponent's defense. But so there's there's that game again at 3 p.m. Mount or sorry 3 p.m. Eastern time, and then the final game next week will be the NFC championship game, and that'll be held in San Francisco, and it'll be the 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions in Levi Stadium and the 
according to ESPN Bets, they have the line for this game favoring the 49ers by seven points, so a full touchdown as of right now. I wouldn't be surprised if that one, depending on where the public votes, I wouldn't be surprised if some hype comes in for the Lions and maybe that moves down to like a six and a half or six during the week, but I could also see the 49ers being a popular bet, so it'll probably stay around there. Uh, And then, yeah, this one should be an interesting one. I think this one could be a little bit more of a high-scoring game, uh, but we'll have to be... We'll have to see that the other interesting thing about this game is obviously the 49ers are going to be the favorite, but as far as cheering for an underdog, obviously everybody's going to want to root for the Lions uh, for the fact that this would, if they win this game, the Lions are going to the Super Bowl, which it would be pretty crazy and exciting to see the Lions finally get a, a Super Bowl trophy. So that there's other parts of this game that are kind of funny sort of narratives and comparisons you could draw to add excitement to this game. We'll have one of those being the Cousins Curse. If you're unfamiliar of what the Cousins Curse is, it's a sort of a meme stat that's been going around the last couple of years. The stat is that any team or no team that has lost to Kirk Cousins has gone on to, in that season, make it to the Super Bowl. So any team that has lost to Kirk Cousins will not make it to the Super Bowl. So the implication of that is that, for example, this week when we had the 49ers playing against the Packers, the Packers had lost to Kirk Cousins earlier this season. So according to the Kirk Cousins curse, we knew at some point the Packers were going to lose and weren't even going to make it to the Super Bowl. Sure enough, they did. But the interesting thing for this last week and even for this week is that the Kirk Cousins curse actually applies to, you would think the Cousins curse would apply to the Lions, being that the Lions and Vikings are division rivals, but actually the Lions swept the Vikings this year, so they didn't lose to Kirk Cousins. The 49ers, however, did. And you might be asking, well, was it actually when Kirk Cousins was playing? I know he missed half the season, but yes, he was. Kirk Cousins was still playing, at the time that they went off against the or went up against the San Francisco 49ers and they beat the 49ers. So, according to the Cousins curse, the 49ers are not going to make the Super Bowl. The Lions can cuz they swept the Vikings. But the 49ers being that they lost to the Vikings while Kirk Cousins was playing, they can't make the Super Bowl. So, there's that bit of fun there and then there's also the fact that and it was not long ago, it was like a month or two ago, Cam Newton was on some podcast and talked about a list of quarterbacks. And this was around when the MVP vote was very much in discussion. This was like into December. And Cam Newton had gone on this podcast and was listed off a bunch of current quarterbacks that he, he said, in his opinion, were game managers. And the funny thing is, is since then all of the quarterbacks that he named except for Brock Purdy and Jared Goff have had at least one game, especially their final game of the season or in the playoffs, they didn't play too well. So he had named Dak Prescott. I believe he had named even Jalen Hurts. Uh, I could, I, I believe there was one or two others that he mentioned. I can't remember who, 
but he had mentioned them as being game managers, and then after he had named them as such, those quarterbacks didn't have their greatest performances. And the the only the only two quarterbacks left that he had listed as being game managers were Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. So the other sort of joke about this NFC Championship game that you could uh, use to enjoy the game is to see who is more of a game manager. <laughs> um, either way, one of these two is going to have to win. One of these two, their team is going to win it, uh, either because of them or in spite of them, and one of these two is going to be in the playoffs. So would you rather see Jared Goff and the Lions in the Super Bowl or would you rather see Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, but whatever the case is, that's my sort of instant reaction to the divisional round. It was a pretty exciting one. As far as my picks and predictions went for this weekend, I didn't do too hot uh, as far as going up against the spread and the total scores for each game. I was pretty bad. Went one of three or one of four for all of those. But for my game picks, as far as who I believed was going to win, I was 4-0. I picked the Ravens to win. I did think I had thought it was going to be a much closer game, but even still thought they would win. They did. I had thought the 49ers were going to win by a much bigger margin, but they didn't. So basically the Saturday games this weekend, I was backwards on it, but I still got the winners right. And then the Detroit Lions game, I was pretty accurate on that one. I actually had... I actually got the Buccaneers score exactly right. I had guessed that they were going to score 23 points, but I had thought that the Buccaneers were going to cover the spread and that the Lions were only going to score 28, and therefore it would have been only a five-point game. Instead, the Lions won 31-23, so it was an eight-point game instead, so I was just barely off there on the exact score. Our final game between the Chiefs and the Bills I was almost spot on. I picked the Chiefs to win it, and I had, my prediction was Chiefs 27-25. The actual outcome was Chiefs 27-24. So I was really close on that game, um, and that's the game that I got the pick right. I got the total score over/under bet right, and I've got and I got the bet against the spread right, being that the Chiefs were the underdog in that game. So. Anyways, thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.